0: Welcome back to another episode of Off The Dome. I hope that you guys had a great weekend and I hope that you guys are doing much better than me when it comes to springing forward on this fine Sunday because that's when I'm recording this. recording this hella late. It's literally 6.30. The only good thing about springing forward is the fact that it stays lighter outside later. That's really the only good thing about it. The fact that we lost an hour of sleep. I didn't really notice the effects of it simply because I just went to bed early last night because I'm a grandma, but I definitely think that now I need to better get my schedule in order. Like, my whole schedule, you guys, is about to be in shambles. Like, I feel like I'm in shambles. Like, although I feel like I was productive this weekend, I still feel like my life is in shambles, and let me tell you why. So, last week, like, I think on Thursday, my job dropped a bombshell on us, and we were already aware that we were going to be coming back into the office within the next week or so. So, that's fine, because I've been kind of living on a hybrid work schedule. So, like, I go to work a couple of days out of the week, and then I get to work from home. Now, the way that I have my life set up right now is when I work from home, I use those days to go to the gym. And then the other days I would use as my rest day. Friday, I don't have an issue going to the gym after work because then I'm off the next two days. You know what I mean? But now because now they're saying like we have to go back full time. And that was not what the original agreement said. The original agreement said that we only had to come to work at least two days out of the week. So I'm thinking, you know, my life schedule is going to remain somewhat the same, but maybe the days that I actually have to go to work will differ, which is fine. Like two days out of the week is completely fine. Like I like the hybrid schedule, especially because gas is like $4 a gallon. Like honey, I am not trying to be going to work five days out of the week, spending all this money on gas. Like you guys usually to fill up my tank, I usually would pay, hmm, probably like anywhere between, I don't know, 22 to $26, if that, like it was always like in the $20 range, 20, 22, 23, something like that. Well, you know, with all this nonsense going on in the world, I noticed that the gas price is slowly creeping up or whatever. Like last week, I got gas and gas was like $32. And I was like, okay, like, quit playing with me. And then yesterday I got gas and I spent $40. So now I have to rearrange my entire budget just to account for the fact that no longer will I be paying a measly 60 to $70 for gas a month. Like, gas is gonna be like $120 a month. Like, what? Oh my God. Like, I know I'm not the only one pissed about this gas situation. I don't know if you guys saw that TikTok video where the person is at the gas pump and they check the prices. And I don't know if you guys know that song. I think it's like a a gospel song and it's like an upbeat gospel song. And basically the person sees the gas prices and all of a sudden you hear the gospel song play in the background. It's like, I'm walking, I'm walking, I'm walking. I'm walking I'm walking I'm walking and I'm so here for that like I am literally about to get a freaking scooter like oh my gosh but luckily the type of car that I have is typically good on gas so I know like my $40 a month or not a month $40 for the to fill up my tank or whatever is a big deal to me. But I know people with like SUVs and luxury cars that require premium gas. At least I don't have to get premium gas. If I had to get premium gas, like mm I'll be taking the via bus because I'm not fond of paying all this money in gas. But yeah, so now I got to rearrange my budget. Now I got to rearrange my life to accommodate the fact that no longer will I be working a hybrid schedule. I'm going to have to go back to life as we know it as of two years ago so it's not really about going back to work that's the issue because i've already been back to work since october i guess the issue is everything is like going back to normal and i don't know how i feel about that like i still kind of like wearing my mask and kind of having my own personal space and doing the six feet apart thing because prior to the pandemic or whatever I remember like, for me, it's a big pet peeve of mine. Like for example, if I go to the grocery store and I'm in the spice aisle trying to get my garlic, my Tony Saturies, you know what I mean? And the next thing I know, sis is coming up right next to me. Like, what are the odds that you need to be standing right next to me while I'm trying to get spices? What are the odds that we need the exact same spices in our kitchen? What are the odds? Like, why do you need to be that close to me? Or like at the gym, I get on a treadmill, somebody decides when there's 10 other treadmills, they're gonna get on the one that's right next to mine. Like that's the shit that be really blowing me. So I really have liked this six feet apart, kind of having to be in your own space. Like I've kind of liked that, um, just because I don't like people all in my personal space, like people that I don't know at least. So yeah, I'm going to be getting my schedule together. And literally it seems like every time I hop on this podcast, I'm telling y'all that my life is not together. And oh, I got to tell you guys this funny story. It's about my laundry because you guys know how last week I was supposed to do my laundry and I didn't end up finishing my laundry by Sunday. So I did my laundry on Monday of last week when I got off work. I was like, all right, let's go do this laundry. Enough is enough. I got to do this laundry. So I go do my laundry all as well. I called my aunt for her birthday cause it was her birthday this past Monday. So I decided to call her because in this family, we don't do text messages. We usually do phone calls. Like a text message is so like, meh, like it's your birthday. Like birthdays are important to me. I don't know about y'all. So I like people to feel special and feel that I'm thinking about them on their birthday. So I called my aunt for her birthday. We chatted it up. We had a great conversation. And next thing I know, Wednesday comes along And I'm looking in my room, looking at all the clothes that I had washed for Monday. And I'm noticing like, I'm coming up short on like several items of clothing. And so I'm trying to like retrace my steps and figure out like, where is all this stuff? Like it wasn't in my hamper because I still had laundry to do. It wasn't in my hamper. It wasn't in the, the clean basket of clothes. It wasn't on my bed. It wasn't in my dresser. So you guys, I realized that Wednesday after work at like, 4:30. 4:30. That I left more than half of my laundry in the laundry room. And I told you guys that my apartment complex has a laundry unit on site. So it's not like I left it miles away and basically I would have just been ass out because there's probably no way that that laundry would have still been there had it been any other place. But I was like, okay, there's like a 50-50 chance that this laundry is still in the laundry room because I knew it was in the dryer because it was already clean. But I guess what happened was I had like a lot of gym clothes that I needed to hang up because rarely do I ever put my gym clothes in the dryer because gym clothes are expensive. And if you hang your clothes up, Pro tip, your clothes last a lot longer. So that goes for jeans, gym pants, sports bras. That's usually the main thing that I care about. And then of course, like really fancy, nice blouses, dresses and all that stuff. Everything else can go in the dryer, I don't care. So I haul ass to the laundry room, you guys. And thank God my laundry was still in the same dryer that I left it in. I was so happy because can you imagine all the clothes that I would have had to replace if my laundry was gone? Like that would have been hundreds of dollars worth of workout clothes that I've collected over the years. Like you guys, I would have been devastated. So. Long story short, I got my laundry. So just when you think like you got your life together, I'm over here trying to finish my laundry, trying to hold myself accountable. And then I leave my laundry at the laundromat, like, gosh, I need to get my life together. It's so hard though, because as soon as I feel like I'm getting my life together, Like stuff like this happens, like now I gotta go to work five days a week. What does that mean for me, you might ask? Well, that means that I need to somewhat get back on a meal prep schedule because when I work from home, I don't really necessarily have to have meals prepared. It definitely makes my life easier, but my meals don't necessarily need to be prepared. I just need to have food in my house so I'm not constantly ordering from Uber Eats and DoorDash. So that was my biggest thing for my budget starting this month was to limit the amount of times that I was Uber eating, DoorDashing, and buying food out in general because that's usually where a lot of my money goes. It doesn't go to shopping, it doesn't go to going out, it doesn't go to makeup, nothing. It goes to eating out. And honestly, when I look at my spending from like the previous months, especially when we first started, like the whole lockdown thing from the pandemic, I mean, I remember one month or maybe two months combined, I think I had spent almost $500 on eating out because that's the only thing that I was doing, hence the reason why I gained 50 pounds. So. Yeah, I'm gonna have to get on like a meal prep situation. I'm gonna have to be more diligent about my food so I can make sure I have it packed and ready for work. I'm gonna have to switch up my workout days and when I'm going and what time because I don't wanna be in the gym when it's crowded. And that's just gonna be a problem because when I get off, that's when everybody else gets off. So it's like prime time for people to be in the gym at that time. And if I go to the gym at like, I don't know, let's say seven or eight o'clock, it may be less busy, but then it could also still be busy from the people who got off work, probably took care of some business and then decided to go to the gym. So I'm kind of like in this limbo. I feel like what I'm going to do is keep Friday, Saturday and Sunday to be gym days because I can stay up late on Friday, even though the gym closes at 10, I can stay up late and then go to the gym and be good. Saturday and Sunday are always my gym days just because there's less people. So I have less situations in which the machines and squat racks are going to be taken. So I like to utilize the weekend. So now what I'm going to have to do is for sure go Friday, Saturday, Sunday and try to pick one day out of the week that I'm going to just make it do what it do in a crowded gym. And I don't know, I'm sure it'll work out, but I'm just kind of over the whole having to rework my schedule, rework my life essentially. But I know it's a lot worse for my coworkers who have kids and husbands and other obligations that working from home gave them, you know, more access to a lot of their time. Like when you work from home, you realize how much time is robbed of you when you actually physically go into the office. Like, but like if I get off at 4.30, like I'm off, I'm already at home. I can literally, I have like a whole hour back to me because it takes me almost an hour to get home from work. So yeah, that's my complaint of the week. So within the next, like literally I have this whole week to figure out my schedule for the following week with work, gym, meals, my life, when I'm going to be recording this podcast. Like, oh my gosh, I got lots to do. So in advance, I'm going to apologize to you guys because I know a lot of you guys like long podcast episodes, but this episode is going to be significantly shorter than a lot of my previous episodes just because I still have yet to cook dinner. I need to have some me time. I need to figure out what I'm going to take to lunch for lunch tomorrow at work. Like I got to get my life together. I need to try on some outfits for my trip next month. Like I got stuff to do y'all. I got stuff to freaking do. I need to rework my budget. So if your life is in shambles like mine, I'm with you. I'm here with you, sis. We're going to get through it. We just got to take it one day at a time. Don't go balls to the wall. Like I told y'all before, we take it one day at a time and we get it to where it's all good and gravy. So. That is what's been going on as of right now. So I did promise you guys that this episode was gonna be talking about the final three couples from Love is Blind, so let's just jump right into it because I ain't got time to waste, hunty. So the last three couples that we have are Natalie and Shane, Shayna and Kyle, and Dee and Shake. So I think what I wanna do is save Dee and Shake for last because that's where I have like the most thoughts. So I'm gonna start with Natalie and Shane. So you guys already know like the premise of the show and how it works. So we're gonna start back in the pods where, you know, they're talking sight unseen. And Natalie and Shane, kinda hit it off. Like they hit it off pretty quickly and it seemed like they had like a really good connection. I'm not gonna lie, like for a while, Shane was giving me like these weird vibes. Like I'm gonna be honest with y'all, he was giving me serial killer vibes. Like, I don't know what it is. It's about like his mannerisms and how he carries himself and how he gets so angry about little things. Like for me, it was raising red flags. A lot of people on social media have really been coming for him in terms of like how he acted on the show and how he you know shows all these red flags and basically the same thing that i was thinking like he looks like he's a serial killer some people have been going as far to say that they think he's on drugs which i think is really rude you know i'm not one of those people who if i think something in my head in regards to something that was posted on social media, I'm not one of those people to be in the comment section, like battling it out and going back and forth with people arguing over stuff and talking about people's body and their mental health. Like, I don't think, I don't think that's fair. I think when it comes to social media and life in general, I think constructive criticism is completely fine. Like people probably don't mind honest, realistic, feedback that they can actually work with and make changes and do something about. But when you start criticizing like people's body and the way that they look and the way that they talk, like things that they can't change about themselves either because they don't want to, because it's not gonna be an immediate fix, you know, just being cruel to people online. Like, I just don't agree with that. And I live by the principle that, you know, if you don't have anything nice to say, then don't say it at all. Like you might think it, I think everybody thinks rude thoughts about people, especially based off like a first impression. But I just think that you have to use good judgment and realize that these are real people and you can't just be talking shit about people online. You just can't do it because it's just, it's a negative place social media is. So I just wanted to get that out of the way because I'm not going to you know, I'm going to try my best to kind of keep it to constructive criticism and just based off of what was presented to us on the show. But I'm not going to say like, I'm going to be honest with y'all. Like I said, I do feel like he gave me serial killer vibes, but it was just more of like how he would act like how he he seemed like he just flips the switch so quickly like one moment he'll be happy and then one moment he'll be super angry and then one moment he'll be like ecstatic and then one moment he'll be like bummed and it's like his whole demeanor goes from zero to 100 so quickly that i'm like man like what is this so That's really my only critique about like his mannerisms, but I genuinely did like at some point grow to like Shane because I felt like he was genuine. Like I did feel like he was a genuine person. I felt like he genuinely had a connection with Natalie, that he genuinely loved her. I really do believe that, but I just think that the way that he handled some of their arguments or disagreements, I just thought was pretty childish or just very harsh. So before I get into kind of them working things out as a couple and trying to match up the emotional connection with the physical connection, I got to talk about everything that happened in the pods, not everything, but you guys know what I mean. So Natalie was talking to Shane, but Shane was also talking to Shana along with Natalie. Which is really not that big of a deal. I mean, they're all aware that they're kind of dating each other until they find their perfect match and the other person agrees and then they decide to propose and get married. Like, it's not like they're oblivious to the fact that these people are dating others that live in the house. But I think where Shane went wrong was, you know, he was developing a connection with Natalie. He was developing a connection with Shayna in my opinion, I felt that his connection with Shayna was a little bit more shallow because you'll notice like whenever she's in the pods and they're starting off their conversation when they walk through the door, he's asking her things like, what is she wearing? And it's kind of like off putting, not because he can't ask that question, but it's just like, you know, I guess he's, maybe he was trying to create like a mental image of what Shayna looked like because he would even say things like oh that sounds so hot what you're wearing like maybe he was trying to get a feel for what she looked like but that's not the point of the show you know what I mean like the point of the show is to figure out if love is truly blind not to figure out not to undress the person that's across the wall like that's not the point of the show like you miss you miss the the bus on that one so I just personally thought that he had a stronger connection with, with Natalie. Um, You know, they talked about kind of like their upbringing and I don't really know how much of, how much Natalie divulged like her culture to him because she, I want to say she is Korean. So, you know, she, she mentions that her parents kind of have what would you call it? I guess you would call it like a traditional way of doing certain things such as getting engaged. So I I would venture to say that most people would not think that this experiment is a normal way to get engaged. But, you know, different cultures, they have different things that are important to them. And sometimes older generations, no matter what culture they come from, You know, they're not as open-minded to social experiment type situations. And that's kind of how her parents were in the beginning, it looked like. But yeah, they continue to build their connection. And Natalie pretty much shows that she's kind of all in for Shane. Like she, and I could be wrong, but I don't really recall her mentioning that she was really interested in anyone else but Shane. So she kind of like makes him her number one. And I think the thing that really made Shane a viable option for her is because he is more quirky he's kind of like a jovial type of person and I think she felt like he would balance her out in real life um she's definitely one of those people who tends to lean on the side of having like a sarcastic attitude, which there's nothing wrong with that. I love sarcasm. So, you know, they. she kind of was like a very sarcastic person. He was very jovial. They had like a, like a great humor, humorous connection going on between them. And it, it genuinely seemed like they really liked and cared about each other. But I guess where things kind of got sticky is when Natalie goes back and tells some of the other ladies in the house that, you know, Shane has been telling her, she is his number one and then of course she's mimicking that same sentiment and you know saying that in her journal he's number one and you know her name is in his journal and all of this stuff sounding like we're like in fifth grade but I get it when you're like dating someone and it's new and it's fresh it's kind of like you feel like you're a kid again almost because you get that giddy feeling And I I would venture to say that people who have been dating and it hasn't been going well, like they miss having that giddy feeling because I definitely miss that sometimes. So, you know, she's sharing her thoughts with the girls and, you know, Shayna is overhearing her conversation and Shayna is now aware that Natalie is one of Shane's top girls, but she also is aware that she has a connection with Shane. And like I said, Shane's connection with, Shayna kind of seems a little bit more on the surface. It didn't really seem like they got too deep in their conversation. And I'm going to try to stick to one person at a time, guys, but it's kind of like a love triangle almost. So I might be bouncing around. So try to keep up with me if you can. One defining moment, and this is like their first issue that happened in the pods before they got into the real world, was... Shane basically comes into the pods. Natalie walks into her pod and Shane calls Natalie Shayna. And he basically says like, I guess it would have been fine. Maybe. I mean, I would be pissed off if a guy called me another woman's name, especially it's like you can't tell what my voice sounds like because her voice and Shayna's voice sound completely different. And voice is all that you have to go based off of at this point because you don't know what they look like. And I think she probably would have been able to let that situation go had he not said like, oh, I was hoping it was Shayna. Like, what do you mean you were hoping it was Shayna? Like, it's Natalie. I'm Natalie. I'm not Shayna. So I'm not like, what do you want me to do? So I think had he just kind of left it at, oh, is this Shayna? I think he could have scooted away with that. But he egged it on and, you know, said that he was hoping it was Shayna. So Natalie of course she gets on the defensive and says you know I don't have a problem with you dating other women and having other women as like a contender for you but don't lead me on to believe that we're gonna do all these things and we're gonna go to this restaurant and travel here and go work out together like basically he was kind of leading her to believe that he wanted to plan a future with her so he was telling her all these things but She doesn't really know what his relationship stands like with Shayna, So she was just making it clear that she just didn't appreciate like being led on. She was just like, just let me know up front what it is. So then Shane, of course, gets so like freaking upset with her. And this is when I kind of thought it was a red flag. Like instead of trying to like reason with her and level with her, I just felt like he kind of took it to the extreme and just got super upset, upset and was just like, well you know, why are you making it such a big deal? Like, it's not that big of a deal. We're here to date everybody. And it's like, yeah, but that's just a cop out. Obviously, we're here to date everybody. But at some point, we start narrowing down our selections And you're leading me on to believe that we're going to be doing all of these things outside of this. So don't make these false promises and false hopes for me if you don't even have me as your number one. And it's a possibility that I won't even end up with you at the end of this. Like, that's a fair point. That is a fair point. Like, don't lead me on. Like, that's one thing that I really hate. Like, don't lead me on. Like, don't feed me false narratives just so I can just so you can keep my attention like no 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 no! like be up front be real be real about it be 100 keep it gangster. but some people don't want to do that and that's fine with them but that's not what i want to be a part of so obviously you know natalie's upset she kind of walks away from the situation and she's vis like visibly upset the girls ask her if she's okay she says no but she doesn't really go into it and then so that that kind of encompasses their pod situation. So let me just briefly touch on the situation with Shayna and Kyle. Because it then feeds into Shayna and Shane. So we covered a little bit of Shane and Natalie. So we're moving on to the next couple. This is couple two out of three, y'all. So Shayna, she kind of made her debut on the show that... You know, she's a Christian woman. She wants a husband of faith. That's completely fine. That is completely fine. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But the problem was the person that she was kind of feeling outside of Shane, his name was Kyle. But Kyle was an atheist and he made that very clear. Just as much as she made it clear that she was a Christian and that she believed in God and that she wanted a husband of faith, someone to lead her, you know, that whole thing. Completely understand Well, she went wrong because, you know, they had like a little debate back and forth in the pods talking about, I guess Kyle was saying that his mother was a Christian and he was saying that he would respect Shayna's decision to continue with her faith if they were to get married. But he was, you know, trying to propose like the whole Big Bang Theory instead of God creating the world and, you know, that whole thing. And he basically said he would support her decision to you know, maintain her faith within the the relationship. Like he would respect her and he kind of wanted the same in return. And she kind of felt like, and rightfully so, she knew that that wasn't gonna work. The longevity of that situation wasn't going to work because I there is a thing called being unequally yoked. And that's something that they preach heavily in the Christian church, non-denominational churches that I've been to. That's just something that they preach heavily So basically it means that you need to be with someone of the same faith as you or you need to be with someone, I think it truly means being with someone of the same faith. Some people go as far to say that it means just being with someone that has the same morals and values, but just because someone has the same morals and values as you doesn't mean that they practice the same religion or worship the same God, which um, let me just say I don't have a problem with who anybody worships that is not my business that is your business so I just want to preface that but yeah I just think that Shayna had the right idea to think that it probably wouldn't work out between them because she wanted a godly man and I think that there's nothing wrong with setting your standards and setting your boundaries and letting someone that you're dating know up front like these are things that you won't compromise on And then it's up to that person to realize okay like that's not something that i also want to compromise on so you know maybe we should just be friends i think it would have just been as simple as that but maybe the pressure to actually move forward with the experiment is the reason why Shayna decided to accept his proposal knowing that they don't practice the same faith like knowing that kyle is an atheist and knowing that she wasn't going to compromise on that and that her faith is is a big part of her life And I didn't really understand that outside of maybe wanting to genuinely try to move through the experiment. Actually, you know what, you guys, I take that back. During the reunion, she does clear it up and say that, you know, in the past she had dated Christian men and it didn't work out with them. So you know, she's thinking, oh, I'm dating a Christian man. I'm a Christian woman. So this is an equally yoked situation that still didn't work out. So maybe I should branch out and maybe date an atheist because maybe it'll work out better. And the irony of it is that Shayna paints herself as a Christian. And I'm not saying that she made it out to be that she's some perfect person, not at all. She's obviously not perfect. And I'm not saying that she made anybody believe this, but I think it's always interesting when someone preaches that they're a certain, they believe in certain principles and they follow a certain religion or ideology. And you know, that when it comes to like religion and faith that, you know, you want to try to, you, you want to be as close to the person that you were, the as close to the God that you worship, you want to emulate that as much as possible knowing that you can't be a perfect person, but you want to try to love everybody and treat everybody as you would want to be treated and, you know, live by the principles in whichever holy book that you read, you know, that type of thing. And it's funny because she is hard down saying that she's a Christian, but I felt like the way that she acted on the show was not emulative of a Christian. And I'm also going to say this, you guys, that's the reason why I don't consider myself really to be a Christian. I definitely believe in God and I believe in prayer and I pray and all of that stuff. But I feel like sometimes you have to be careful about what you're putting out there, because obviously people are going to judge her for the way that she acted because she's claiming that she's a Christian and some people think oh well you're a Christian so you need to be doing you need to be living xyz way like you don't you you don't want to be a rude person if you're a Christian like that type of thing which isn't realistic like you know no Christian is perfect just like no atheist is perfect but I just find it I just always find it interesting that it's always the people who are so gung-ho about their faith and their religion are the ones that sometimes come across as the shittiest people and I think that's what really got me with her and she cleared it up on a couple of podcasts and you know some of the podcasts I heard her on I guess it would give you more empathy for her and then I feel like when you try to hold people accountable when they've told you that their faith is so important and then they acted like an ass on reality TV, then I feel like it's a cop out to then say, well, I'm not a perfect person. Well, obviously you're not a perfect person, but you need to hold yourself accountable for the things that you did on national television unprovoked. Let's not forget about that. Like everything that she did on that show made no sense to me. First thing you accepted a proposal from a guy who was an atheist and you knew that wasn't going to work. That was mistake number one. Mistake number two is she even admits that she had a better connection with Shane, but she still ends up accepting the proposal from Kyle, knowing that two things were not going to work out. One, she didn't have a strong connection with him. That's problem number one. Problem number two, they don't practice the same faith. So that's probably never going to work out because she didn't want Kyle to compromise and convert to Christianity if that's not something that he believed in, but Kyle was more on the lines of, well, I'll respect however you wanna live your life. But I think that that's kind of a slippery slope because at the end of the day, when you get married, you become one and you have your union. And so she wants a husband that's gonna lead and guide her and you don't believe in anything so how where where are you gonna be taking her to where are you gonna be leading and guiding her to it's not gonna be that of the lord and I'm not saying this to shit on Kyle but I'm just saying like it's not gonna be what she wants out of her husband so I think he should have just taken that and just been like okay like you're not the woman for me and that is fine there's nothing wrong with that but both of them I guess tried to be optimists and decided that they were gonna do the whole proposal thing and long story short with them like it, it didn't end up working out and I just felt like Shayna's behavior was just very interesting like she says and I have so many opinions on this that I can't cover in this one podcast but a lot of people nowadays that are Christian say like they're Christian but they're very sexual beings and I battle with that a lot because I don't know exactly how that whole thing works because I'm still trying to figure it out with my own self. You know what I mean? Like waiting to have sex until you get married, even though I haven't done that, but I'm thinking like, okay, when my next partner comes around, is that a standard that I'm going to try to uphold this time around? Because every other time it's failed when I didn't honor that. I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to make that work with whenever my next relationship, if my next relationship comes in this lifetime. So I have like really like I just don't understand I don't understand sometimes the way people act when it comes to Christianity and sex because you know okay so you're a Christian so do you just block out that part of the Bible where it says you shouldn't be sexually immortal like or sexually immoral I don't know if I said that right you guys but you guys know what I mean. Like, are you blocking that part of the Bible out to fit your own narrative? Or are you doing what some other people believe? Like the Bible was written so many years ago that it's not written for the days that we live in, for the times that we live in today. So I'm just gonna take what I need and try to live my life accordingly. Like there's so many schools of thought when it comes to being a Christian But also, like, liking sex. It's such a weird thing. And I don't understand it myself. So I'm not an expert on it. I've had my fair share of moments where I feel like, can you be a Christian and like sex? Like, I still don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm open to other people's viewpoints on it. And I kind of, kind of agree with the whole. The Bible was written so many years ago that it's not up to date with the current times that we live in. And back in the day, you know, they were saying, wait until you are married to have sex. But people were getting married at 13. Well, if you're telling me I don't have to wait but until I'm 13 to have sex, well, that's fine because that's probably the moment that I started thinking about my body and sex and having like hormones and thoughts about sex. That's probably the time that I start thinking about it. So if I only got to wait until I start thinking about it, well, that's perfect. That's prime time. So, you know, people were getting married a lot younger back in the day. So to think that, okay, I'm almost 30, And let's say I was a virgin and I never had sex. Like, what if I never got married? Are you telling me that I can't have sex? Like what? Like, I guess, like, I just don't know you guys. I have so many thoughts. Like I'm kinda, it's like a double-edged sword. I really don't know where I stand on that debate because I've been the person that considered myself to be a Christian, but then I was having sex and I wasn't married. Or I've been the Christian who said, you know, I'm a Christian, but we can do everything but have sex okay and then I've been the Christian where I told the guy up front like I want to wait till marriage to have sex but then I went back on my word and then they didn't respect me because I went back on my word like there's just so many variables to the whole I'm a Christian but I like sex I don't know I don't know I gotta maybe I need to have a guest on this podcast or somebody who can really break it down for me like how they feel about it I mean it doesn't mean that that's going to be factual because that's I think it's all up to everyone's interpretation of how they should live their lives but yeah it is something that I struggle with so it always makes me wonder how people are so comfortable with their sexuality and being a sexual being but then telling me that they love God because I'm thinking like do you not feel ashamed then when you have sex and you're not married because that's how I always felt I always felt that God hated me when I was having sex out of out of marriage so But then maybe that's just my own, that's my own conviction. And everybody's convictions are different. So I don't know, you guys, I was on that tangent. But, you know, she, she was saying things that to me weren't matching up with her actions. So she says she's a Christian, but then she's telling Shane that she's a sexual person. She wants to have sex every day. And obviously she's not making it clear that she's a virgin. So, you know, she's kind of teasing him almost, teasing him to see like what he can get out of that relationship with her. And, you know, Shane also never really indicates that he's a Christian as well. Like he never indicates in the show that he believes in God. But according to some podcasts, Shana said that, he did, but that just wasn't discussed on the show. Like that just wasn't recorded for the show. So that was also my confusion. I was like, okay, you don't want to be with an atheist, but Shane also never made it clear that he believed in God. So, and he's also like, you know, talking about sex every every time he can get. Like they're talking about how many times they want to do it a day, where, when, how, how many you know what they gonna be wearing like they getting into the nitty gritty about this in the pods. so obviously you getting hot and heavy in the pods so how are you gonna resist that once you get into the real world and then you guys can sleep in the same bed like how the heck is that gonna work and I think you know, there's a lot to say about someone who says they're a Christian, but then they're also a tease because I've also been in that situation. And you guys, I feel like I can only critique this because I've literally done exactly what Shayna has done in terms of her being a sexual person, but believing in God. So that's the only reason why I'm critiquing it, because I feel like I have also done that. And now I've done it so many times that because I'm not in a relationship, I'm having to like reevaluate how I feel about sex and the value of it in a relationship before marriage and why is it necessary and i'm trying to figure that out so i don't know yet but yeah so she she tells she when they get out of the pods actually before i get to that let's go back to the fact that shana says that shane is you know more of her person Well, that's a problem because Shane and Natalie also have a connection. So after the fact, Shana has already accepted Kyle's proposal. She goes back to Shane in the pods and says like, I accepted this proposal, but I feel like that was a mistake. And, you know, I thought we had a connection and I really wanted it to be you. And then, Shane is kind of confused and is like, why would you wait until now? Like, why would you do that? Like, why would you do this to me? And from my perspective, if I were Natalie, I would have been pissed because it almost mimics the whole Jared and Iona situation. Like, you're mad because she didn't tell you this sooner, but you've already made your choice. Like, Natalie Is already your choice. So it's giving second option. It's giving second best. It's not giving I'm your priority. But anyways, so that's the whole situation as far as they go in the pods. I'm going to try to wrap this up because we got one more couple to cover. And then we'll be done with Love is Blind. I'm only chiming off of some of the things that were covered in the reunion. I'm not going to have a whole separate episode for the reunion because I think once I cover this last couple it's going to wrap it all up into a pretty little box for you guys. So they finally leave the pods, Natalie accepts Shane's proposal and you know, so then they go to Mexico and they're trying to see like how this is going to work in the real world. Well, Everything seems to be going pretty well for Shane and Natalie for the most part like they seem like they're getting along well they when they met up and saw each other for the first time they were excited they were both attracted to each other like they didn't seem awkward it seemed very natural they had a natural banter and natural chemistry you know, they started to run into problems in Mexico because Shane's love language is clearly lo- words of affirmation. And Natalie kind of looked at it on his part as like fishing for compliments. And he wanted her to like parade their relationship around and brag about their relationship. And she kind of didn't understand why he- she needed to do that. If they both knew the relationship was good, why does she need to brag about it? Well, his love language is words of affirmation and obviously that's not natalie's love language so they probably should have discussed that in the pods because that's really important in in terms of making a lasting relationship is knowing what that person how that person likes to be loved and what is what are the ways in which that person actually feels the most loved because if his love language is words of affirmation, but she's trying to show love to him by doing acts of service, well, he's never going to feel like she actually is showing love to him because she he's she's not doing it in a way that is conducive to making him feel loved. So that's a very important conversation. I would highly recommend you guys reading the five love languages because it's it's a great thing to to know. Um, or taking like a quiz, a couple's quiz like that, because that's good, that's good intel for your relationship, I personally think. So she realizes, you know, how much more attention he needs when it comes to words and affection, and she's really not like that. And, you know, they try to get to the bottom of it and try to explain their points of view. You know, Shane kind of feels like, You know, Natalie's a jerk sometimes the way she jokes with him. He doesn't really find it funny. She just thinks that she's joking and being sarcastic, but he's not really understanding that. And so they're going through the growing pains of building that relationship. Physical connection seems to be completely fine with them, according to, you know, how they described it on the show. And then when it comes to Kyle and Shayna, their first day in Mexico, Shayna tells Kyle, "Like, I don't want to sleep in the same room as you." But why is that the case when you were over here telling Shane how many times a day you wanted to have sex and telling him what you were wearing and saying that you're a sexual person? Now how come on Kyle's in? Now you can't sleep in the same room with him. Even if you guys don't sleep on the same bed, like you gotta completely leave. And the way that the show edits it, it looks like she's doing it because of her faith. That's the way, like it's a boundary that she set because of her faith. But then later she talks about on a podcast that that's actually not really the reason why she did it. I don't even remember what the reason was. It wasn't good enough for me. So I I don't even know y'all would have to listen to Nick Biles' Podcast, the Vial Files, and then you'll get the tea on that because her and Deep D were on that podcast. And it was informative, so if you guys want to check that out, it's Nick Vial's Vial Files. He, he was a ex-bachelor from the franchise and he has a podcast and it's pretty good. He has some hot takes that he does. So Shayna just explains that you know there was more to the story than what was actually shown and produced for the show. And of course to the viewers, it just looks like she just up and leaves and we're led to believe that she's doing that because of her faith. Well, it turns out that that's not the case, but if we're just basing it off of how she said she was a Christian, well, you're a sexual being, but you can't sleep in the same room with homeboy. Like that's not making any freaking sense, Shayna. Like that's not making sense. And, And then the next day, like she's just gone. She's gone. She leaves the beach and she's gone. And then we don't really find out the ins and out of their relationship until a couple of episodes later. With Shane and Natalie, they're working through just the growing pains of building their relationship. You know, they had a blow up argument just about like their differences and opinions. Long story short, I personally think that Natalie and Shane were very compatible, at least the way that it came across in the pods. But I think that they probably should have did a little bit more work in terms of discussing maybe deal breakers in a relationship, how they both enjoy being loved, how to better handle arguments. They probably should have worked on that just a little bit. Maybe they did and maybe it wasn't shown. I don't know. But they kind of seemed like they were on different pages. I'm going to have to fast forward a little bit to shayna and kyle so we can wrap this up so still even after shayna leaves mexico she decides to bring kyle to meet her family why you ask i have no freaking idea she brings an atheist to meet her christian parents and then they're asking him like are you a godly man and he's like what does that mean what like that should tell you all you need to know and they're not buying it. Like Shayna's not buying it. I don't, I think she just did this for just to try to stick to the process as much as possible. Cause it just didn't make sense. You're bringing him to meet your family. You accepted the proposal, but you want a godly man and he is not that person. So what are you even doing? So then they basically break up shortly after that meeting with the family and Kyle is still trying to hold on to something that doesn't even exist and Shayna is just like you know this isn't this isn't gonna work and i should have never accepted the proposal and i'm sorry and all of that jazz they break up so obviously they don't even make it near the altar like that's just not in the cards for them but of course Shayna makes a reappearance and they had like a little a barbecue and Shayna goes to shane and starts talking crap about him and natalie's relationship like making stuff up and basically lying about him and natalie and lying about just lying for no reason like just making it to where they're having problems in their relationship obviously like that was her top pick but it's like sis you chose kyle so you have to respect that shane and natalie are in a relationship and move on because there's nothing else that you can do about it. But I felt like she was fishing for straws, trying to see if she could put in some doubt in their relationship. Maybe that Shane would have flipped on Natalie. That's what it kind of came across to me, but Shane really wasn't here for it. Shane just entertained that conversation to be nice, it seemed like to me, because you could very much tell that he was on Natalie's side. You know, Shayna just basically lied personally. She lied and I'm not surprised by it. Of course, Natalie's a little bit insecure because she knows that Shayna had something with Shane. But, you know, they end up working through that and that doesn't really phase their relationship. They get to the altar. I'm just fast forwarding y'all. And Natalie basically says she couldn't marry Shane. And I personally think that that was the best decision for their relationship because whenever they had like the little bachelor party the night before, he got really pissed off because he didn't hit a baseball and it was like a game. And I was like, just the way that he acted over not hitting a baseball, I'm like, how else are you gonna manage your anger when you're in a marriage? Like marriage is not easy. So if you get mad because you don't know how to hit a baseball, like I don't understand how this is gonna work long term. And they had a blow up fight the night before the the marriage and, or the wedding, not the marriage. They had a blow up fight where he said he hated her and he said some things that were awful to her that made her feel uncomfortable and she decided to say no. And I think that was a great idea. I think it was a great decision. He started showing his true character towards the end, being very cold towards her, just to me, it, it she, he, she treated her like crap. Like I really thought that that was kind of hard to watch. And I think she realized when she didn't ex- like move forward with the wedding that she realized that she probably made a really great decision because she just didn't see how he could say all those nasty things about her and then want to marry her the next day. Like it didn't make any sense. So that's the end of Natalie and Shane. Um, At the reunion, they mentioned that they tried to like work it out I believe and it just didn't end up working out and they tried to try their best to I guess see each other's point of view but I think Shane was hurt because he felt like Natalie was putting the blame on him as to why the relationship didn't work out and Natalie said that she had already apologized to him in private So it was almost like he was just wanting her to apologize for national TV on the reunion. And she was really emotional. They were very emotional about the whole situation. So I do genuinely think that they loved each other. I just think that maybe the logistics of the relationship just weren't gonna work out long-term. So that's the the two relationships, you guys. I didn't even go into like the meeting the parents with, Natalie and Shane because I mean, honestly, it doesn't really matter. It went well, but it's like it doesn't matter because they didn't end up getting together. So those are my thoughts on those four. And now we're just gonna quickly cover Deep D and Shake. And I'm gonna try to quickly cover this because we're approaching an hour you guys and I got stuff to do around here. So let's see what we can do. Okay, so Deep Dee and Shake. So they were an Indian couple. The one thing that kind of rubbed me the wrong way about the both of them even though I really do love Deepti is the fact that in the pods they made it clear that they basically never dated their own kind. They've always dated blonde hair blue-eyed men or women. And when I hear that, I just kind of don't understand because that's a very that's a similar sentiment that is said in the black community when it comes to black men and how black men don't date black women and I don't understand that because your mother is a black woman. Your sister is a black woman. So why don't you date black women? And it's the same thing about them being Indian. It's like your whole family is Indian. How come you don't want to date your own kind? Like, I don't find anything wrong with in a, being in a interracial relationship, but I never understand why that's not somebody's first choice. I don't understand that. I personally don't get it. But, you know, they both bonded on the fact that they were never accustomed to dating Indian people you know obviously in the pods it comes across that Shake is very superficial he's asking Deepthi if he could like carry her on his shoulders at a concert basically trying to figure out her size and then of course that rubs her the wrong way because she even mentions that she was overweight and she lost a lot of weight obviously it's like you're not following through with how this experiment even works because you're talking about physical appearance and the reason why i'm behind these four walls is so that we don't we bypass physical appearance and keep it strictly to getting to know each other as individuals and he's so superficial and i actually tried to give shake a chance because there were moments where it seemed like he was working towards building their relationship but bottom line, Shake's whole issue with Deep Dee was the fact that he didn't have this animalistic attraction to her phys- physically. Like, the intimacy wasn't there with them because he looked at Deep Dee as if she was his aunt. And Deep Dee is a very beautiful woman. And that's not to say that you're going to be attracted to everybody. Like, beauty is in the eye of the, of the beholder. But I think that I don't understand his whole sentiment about deep D was basically the perfect woman for him but the only thing that was missing was the animalistic attraction basically his lack of desire to want to sleep with her and it makes me wonder like sex i definitely think is important intimacy is important in a relationship but does it override everything else in a relationship like if deep D is caring if she's thoughtful if she cares about your mental health if she checks in on you if she makes you laugh if she she's your best friend and you can bounce ideas off of her if she you know has your best interests at heart if she's just a beautiful human wouldn't that override all of that other stuff that i personally believe you could possibly teach that person like obviously like she can't teach him to be sexually attracted to her. Like if he if he's just not attracted to her, then he's just not attracted to her. And I think it would have been fine if he would have just said that and that was the end of it. But this dude beat in everybody's mind, all of the viewers, all of the castmates who knew about this, that he just did not find her attractive. And it became like a point where it just felt like he was beating a dead horse and it was like okay god like we heard you say this like a million times how many times do you need to tell the viewers that you don't find her attractive and it's not like he wasn't upfront with her about it like he he kind of scaled it back and said that he didn't really have that intimacy factor with her without saying like i'm not attracted to you but even shane tried to give him some tips like play some boys to men music and set the scene and have sex with your with your fiance, man like just try it like you haven't even given it a chance you don't even know it could be the best sex you've ever had in your life but I just think that he wasn't willing to take his advice because he genuinely just wasn't attracted to her and it was just very like hard to hear him say all those things about her because it's like, I, I, how how much do you need to tell somebody that you don't find them attractive? Like, I feel like you tell them once and then if you don't want to be with them because you're that shallow, well then just let them go. Let them explore other relationships in the pods. But you asked her to marry you and then all you do is talk shit about her on the whole season. and it's see- And then it's so weird because when you watch them, it looks like they're genuinely building a connection. It looks like, they're really making those strides to get there. But then his words and his actions aren't matching up. And then there's this infamous scene when they're in Mexico and they're in the pool together. And Deep D is like trying to, you know, be cute and sweet with Shake and say like, oh, like, you know, I want to have babies and our babies would be so smart and intelligent and we should just get married now. And shake's face is looking like, oh my God, like what? And maybe that was more of like a commitment thing than it was about her physical appearance, but he just made it about her physical appearance. He made it. That was the cross that he was going to die on was that he wasn't attracted to deep D, and there was nothing that she could do about it. That was going to change his mind because he really didn't even give it a chance the meeting of the families went very well. Like, obviously they're both Indian, so they share the same customs and some of the same traditions. And so it's kind of like he was already a part of the family and vice versa with her. Like, they they each enjoyed each other's families and essentially were willing to give their blessing. But whenever Shaikh brought this animalistic attraction scenario to his mom, his mom basically says, like, you know, I'm with Deepti. Like, if you... If you don't value her for what she brings to the table, for who she is, I didn't really want to say what brings to the table. I hate that term, but if you don't value what who she truly is as a person. She's a beautiful person inside and out. If you don't value that, well then let her find somebody who will. Like if that's not something that you're willing to do, stop stringing her along and let her find the best that she has yet to discover at this point. Rightfully so. Like Shake's mom was Pretty much right. Like, he should have just realized, like, hey, like, I I tried to give this a shot. I feel like I gave it a fair shot, but I don't think I can get past these shallow feelings that I have towards you. And, you know, we need to cut ties. He decided not to do that and waited, like, until. Actually, matter of fact, whenever they get to the altar, Deep D does this women empowerment moment that everybody is talking about, where she basically says that she can't marry him and that she chooses herself because she feels like she needs to marry somebody who's a hundred percent sure that it's her at the end of the day like it's her that they love her for who she is they don't want somebody she doesn't want somebody second guessing about her and he basically wasn't even sure on the wedding day but I'm sure when he saw her saunter down the aisle with her makeup and her cute like Indian gown and it was just so stunning and I loved her gown like I just loved it it was gorgeous she was stunning she's beautiful and she's ashing down the runway and they have the whole Indian tradition where they're playing the music and doing the little dances and it was just so it was a beautiful wedding for the fact that it turned out like shit it was a beautiful wedding and I kind of hate that he robbed her of that opportunity to get her true love story yeah it was just it was crazy but it was great because she decided to choose choose herself and her mom was really proud of her about that I actually kind of would have expected her mom not to share that moment with her on screen because I think that sometimes people get caught up in the fact that their children's biological clock is ticking and they're like you know when are you gonna settle down when are you gonna have kids when are you gonna get married I'm not saying her mom said this or is like this obviously she's not but I feel like some parents they get caught up in that that they don't necessarily think what's best for their child. And sometimes being single in your 30s is what's best for your child and not trying to rush the process just because your biological clock is ticking. So I really enjoyed that moment that Dee shared with her mom, where her mom was just so proud of her for choosing herself. And, you know, it was just a, it was a great, it was a great moment for women to realize like, you know, you're the prize at the end of the day. Deepti was the prize, Shake is a freaking loser and his his comments were just absurd, especially you could you saw his true character at the wedding because they keep showing clips of him where you could tell his ego is really shot, but he's just being so like crass about it. Like he's kind of like, "I don't even remember what he said, y'all, but he was just being so crass and not didn't even go after her and like apologize, just kind of tried to play it off like he really didn't give a crap and honestly that's probably how he truly felt he probably truly didn't give a crap because at least if they had like a friendship I would have went after her and said you know I'm really sorry that it ended out like this I I could have handled the situation better you know you deserve better than me but his ego was too shot for him to admit the truth and I think she realized that and at the reunion he showed his ass and he was an ass and I felt like He was trying to be so involved and have all his thoughts and opinions in other people's relationships on the show, but negating the fact that he treated Deepti like shit. And apparently he got a good edit. Apparently his thoughts and feelings toward Deepti, they were edited in a way that made him look better than actually if they would have just left everything in the show, he would have looked like complete garbage, but he still looked like garbage. So that tells me like, wow, you really have a problem. So That is all of the couples, you guys. All six couples. Like I said, my favorite couple is Danielle and Nick. I'm rooting for them. They seem to still be going strong on Instagram. You know, I know Instagram is a highlight reel, but I hope that everything is going well, that they keep up their therapy. Ayana and Jared met Cameron and Lauren from season one of Love is Blind. So I hope everything continues to go well with them. And... Yeah, I think on the reunion, I don't know. if Yeah, it was on the reunion that Kyle actually said, like, he was pissed at Shake because he was like, man, I could have married Deep D. And I really thought, like, man, like, dang, you robbed my good good man of having an opportunity to be with Deep D. But it seems like they're teasing that they've been entertaining each other on TikTok. So who knows, y'all? Maybe they got something going on on the sides and maybe we'll hear about it on social media or on extra, I don't know, but seems like they're at least hanging out outside of the show. So maybe they'll find love within each other. Who knows? But I think Deep D is much better off without Shake. It seemed to me like after the show wrapped, Shake posted on his Instagram page that he got signed with a, like a talent management agency, also working with Damien Powers from season one, who was literally a hot mess and I it kind of put it all like into like clear focus for me as far as shake I feel like he tried to like keep up this narrative that he was like a horrible person and wanted to be so crass and obnoxious and he probably is that way in real life and I think he just wants to be an actor that's what I think because you hired a talent management person after you wrap the show and on the reunion it just seemed like he was just trying to put on a show and he was trying to entertain the audience it didn't really see, like, seem like seemed like he was trying to actually utilize the experiment for what it was and do any self-introspective work on himself it really seemed like that's not what he wanted to do it seemed like he just wants to be picked up on a on Netflix for his own show and good luck with that shake i don't know what to tell you on that but That was my review of Love is Blind, you guys. I hope that you enjoyed it. I didn't cover everything like I wanted to because I tried to rush this episode. And I apologize. Next week, you guys will get, we'll be back to our regular scheduled program. All right, guys, let's get into product of the week. So this is actually a weird product, you guys. It's a weird product for me to be telling you, I feel like. But I was in the shower earlier, and I realized, like, guys, exfoliation has literally changed my life. Like, I used to exfoliate, but I used to use... What's that exfoliator? Like, that physical exfoliator that comes in the little tub that has all the scents that you can get at Target. I don't know what it is, but it's like a... It's the exfoliation scrub that is really popular, but it's actually not good for you because of the chemicals that are used in it and it's definitely not good for your lady area and if you're getting wax you definitely want to be exfoliating that area so you can prevent ingrown hairs and just keeping the skin nice and smooth so i am going to be putting y'all on game this is the eco tools bath and shower gloves so it's basically a set of gloves that have the exfoliation material so you don't actually need a physical exfoliant, you just need the gloves and you can use your regular body wash or I guess you could just do it on wet skin. Maybe you don't even need The body wash, I just use my body wash, but ever since I switched to just using the gloves as opposed to like a loofah, like guys, my skin is so freaking smooth. And because I get waxed, like, you know, I get Brazilian and underarm waxes now, like it just truly makes a difference. Like my skin is so smooth. I hardly ever get ingrown hairs. And if I do, like I have another trick that I can share with y'all later about that, but the exfoliation gloves have really changed my life. It's like what I look forward to after a long day, get in the shower, get my exfoliation glove or my mitt and go to town, get exfoliated. Like I just feel so much better after exfoliating. So I'm glad my wax specialist put me on game and told me to get rid of those loofahs because the thing about the loofahs is they actually collect bacteria. And if you think about it, like it makes sense. And I don't know why I never thought about this, but with the loofahs, they never completely dry because it's not like it's like fabric that can dry. If you wring it out, you let it air dry like your washcloths or whatever. Like it's a loofah, it doesn't, that material isn't gonna dry. So it's just sitting wet in water and you know, moisture harbors a lot of bacteria. And so to think that you're like washing all your lady parts with that, like that's just not gonna work out. So I completely ditched the loofah and I switched to some exfoliating gloves and honestly, I've been using the exfoliating glove like every single day. I don't know if you're supposed to exfoliate every single day, but that's what I've been doing. I don't recommend that for y'all if that's not what you're supposed to be doing, but take it with a grain of salt. But get you some exfoliating gloves. This is from EcoTools. Like I said, usually you can pick up EcoTools products at Target and you could probably get it Amazon, Walmart, you know, all the... All the normal department stores that sell skin and body care products. So I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode this week. Definitely give me a like, share your thoughts and comments on the Instagram page at Off the Dome Podcast underscore. Of course, you can also follow me on the Instagram page. I would love to hear your feedback, leave me a five-star review, subscribe to the podcast channel, and then of course share the podcast with anybody that you feel wants to hear my shenanigans every week. I appreciate you guys for listening, love y'all so much, and I'll talk to y'all next week. See ya!